0: Odd Trails contains adult language and content. If you have a story to share, send it to stories at oddtrails.com. Enjoy the show.
1: Forget facts. Forget logic. Forget everything that seems real. And just... Trust. Believe.
0: Well, howdy, Paranormal Partners. Due to some unforeseen circumstances involving a mysterious bug, a disappearing object, and being stranded in another state, we weren't able to record a new pack of first edition horror stories for you this week. We did, however, compile some of the very best stories in a topic that I would consider my personal favorite, haunted houses. That's right. This week, we're sharing over an hour's worth of stories about your favorite haunted abodes, We've included a guest reading from one of our dearest friends of the show as well. So let's get into the hot and cold running chills. Enjoy. The story I am about to tell is creepy as hell and still shakes me to the core to this day. I know it's a long one, but as I sit here and write it, I truly feel that every detail is necessary in this story. So sit down, buckle up. It's about to be a doozy. If you can tell by my language already, I'm from rural Arkansas. About a year ago, my boyfriend and I were in the process of getting our first home It just so happens that his parents had just purchased a new home for themselves and had placed their old one on the market. If you know anything about the pandemic from the last crazy two years, it is very hard to sell a home during a pandemic. Their previous home had been vacant for a while and they feared a break-in and asked me and my boyfriend if we wouldn't mind staying there a couple of nights a week until our home was move-in ready just so that nobody would mess with the place. I thought it was a great idea. My boyfriend and I, his name is Ethan, we hadn't lived together previously, and I thought it would be great to see how it was living together before our new home was ready. Boy, was I mistaken. Picture a road to nowhere. A long, narrow road surrounded by trees and very little neighbors. This house was so far in the boondocks, that there was no internet or phone service for at least 10 miles. Ethan and I had been together for two years, so I had been to this house several times and it never felt creepy. Until it finally did. When we arrived on the first night, the house was very vacant. There was the occasional household item here and there, but for the most part, his family had completely moved out, Ethan and I set up a mattress upstairs in his old bedroom. We went downstairs to enjoy the night together and watch a couple of old DVDs on the small TV his parents left behind and eat the now cold pizza that we had picked up in town. A huge two-story empty house is creepy on its own, but I honestly never felt scared until I heard the dresser behind me shake. And yes, I mean shake. Ethan and I were mid-conversation when the old heavy oak chest of drawers shook and a drawer opened as slow as possible. We both just looked at each other in disbelief. There was absolutely no explanation for what just took place. We were both pretty shaken up by this and decided to just go to bed. Up the stairs we went and slept surprisingly well. The next morning, Ethan left for work at around 5 a.m. and kissed me on the head goodbye. This always wakes me up slightly, but in that weird twilight sense of awareness, where you know what's happening, but you're just about to fall back to sleep. Little did I know then, falling back to sleep was probably one of the worst mistakes I had ever made. When I fell back to sleep, my face was towards the bedroom door, Ethan left it cracked to let a little light in from the hall to shine through. That way, I would be able to see around when I got up and got ready to leave. I drifted back to sleep and had the most vivid, scary-ass dream of my life. I was in the same exact position and moment as I was in when I had fallen asleep. In this dream, more of a trance-like state looking back, I saw this lady in the crack of the door. She was short, older, had a very wrinkly face and this long white hair that went past her stomach. She looked disgusted and almost angry. She wore this old-timey floral nightgown with house slippers. In a split second, I went from a dream to gasping for breath. I awoke holding my chest with my eyes shut. I couldn't breathe. I finally caught my breath when I came to. I was in the same exact position looking at that same view as I was looking in the dream. Minus the old scary lady. Now this freaked me the fuck out, but I was tired and decided that I had just gone crazy and that falling back to sleep wouldn't hurt me. I drifted off again. I saw that same old lady in the doorframe again. But this time, when I awoke, it was to the sound of someone holding a doorknob, twisting it, and then letting go of it, making that loud popping noise. I counted as I lay there very still. This occurred eleven times. The next series of events feels like they took place in five seconds or less but obviously they did not. I sprung up out of bed and gathered up all of my belongings as quickly as I could, but I came to a complete stop when I heard footsteps coming up the stairs. They were loud footsteps. My life just flashed before me. I had thought I was having a terrible dream that turned into reality. In my head, this house was getting robbed, and I was alone with no phone service. I sat back down on the mattress, shaking and thinking that this might be the end. It got quiet again, and in my brain I thought, maybe they had left. So I continued gathering my belongings, and then I made the decision to run like crazy down the stairs and to my car. When I opened the door to the bedroom, I took off running like my feet were on fire. However, when I got to the end of the stairs, I heard a loud creak. I watched the laundry room door slowly open as if someone had just entered that room. I paused at the end of the stairs before running even faster out of the front door. When I got to my car, I peeled out of the driveway with no pants on and only half of my belongings. I went to the closest town on my way back to my parents' home where I lived at the time. I sat in McDonald's parking lot and called Ethan, crying my eyes out. I finally made my way back home, and later that day, he called me to let me know that no one was in the house, but asked why the deadbolt was locked. I assured him that I did not lock it. I left in a hurry. Ethan said that every single door with the deadbolt in the house was then locked. My mother is especially sensitive to the supernatural, and when I told her the story that night, she looked at me puzzled. She said, Shelby, do you think that this was paranormal rather than a break-in? I'll never forget the realization I had when the thought of a spirit attacking me was scarier than an intruder. Months had passed since the experience and everyone had moved on with life. Ethan and I were in our new home, and the house, with the terrifying experience, had been sold. I was sitting with Ethan's mom alone one day when I asked her if she had ever had any scary experiences in the house. She looked at me, plain as day, and said, What did she do to you? I swear my heart stopped. I explained the story to her, and she then in turn told me some of the crazy, insane stories that had happened to her in that house. While very creepy, those are stories for another time. Before their family moved to this location, an old lady with many cats lived in the spot that they did. Everyone said that she was the loner type and kept to herself with all of the cats. A literal cat lady, as they say. One tragic day, the house burned down with her and all of the cats inside. It burned to the ground with nothing left. The woman's grieving sister decided to build on the property, but not just build. She, exactly to the T, rebuilt the same house her sister burned to death in at the same exact location. When her sister moved out due to grief, and not being able to handle living in the house, Ethan's family moved in. I said that I wouldn't tell Ethan's family story, but I will let you in on just this one fact. Ethan's mother told me that his younger sister told her that once she saw a cat come out of the wall, look at her, and go right back into the wall. The scariest part She had never even heard the history of the home. Her mother never told her because she was so young and didn't want to scare her. I often wonder how the new homeowners are in the home. That morning in that house is one that I will never forget. I've never felt physical evil in my life. I often wonder if the woman is angry that others are living in her home or if it is something more sinister. Either way, I have never felt more scared in my life.
1: Within the last year, my husband and I recently moved into my childhood home due to some family issues. Growing up, when my stepdad lived in the house, he always told me he had a sixth sense. Starting from when he was a kid, he could see people who have passed away, sensed people he was close to dying, and then later find that they had passed, among a few other things. Living there before he moved in, I can't really recall anything happening. But after he moved in, things started to happen. My sister and I slept in the same room with a nightlight. Sometimes I would wake up in bed, look out into the living room, and see people on the banister. But the one thing I saw the most was this creepy lady who I call the Lady in Black. She wore all black and was always hunched over. She would stand outside of our room just staring at me. It was almost like she was scared of the little light in the room. She never did anything but stare, and sometimes point. Eventually, I moved into my other sister's room as she moved out, and at this point, I had my dog sleep with me. My stepdad moved in several years before me moving into this room, so some paranormal things started increasing in the house, according to him. At this point, when school was out, I stayed home alone and would go to my sister's room. I hated going anywhere in the house besides my room or the kitchen. If I went anywhere else in the house, I had my dog with me, and we went from point A to point B as fast as we could. In my new room, I sometimes heard noises, and I would sometimes wake up in the middle of the night to my dog staring at my door at something or someone who I could not see. It freaked me out. Eventually, I grew out of being so scared. I'm still scared, but I've learned to ignore spirits, or I tell them to go away. Once I was in college, I opened up to my mom about my experiences, and she mentioned that she has seen the lady in black. Now, before I tell you about what's been happening in the house today, let me tell you my husband's experiences. His family had moved into a new house when he was about 10 or so. He says the room he slept in had an eerie vibe to it. At night, he would ensure his closet door was shut, only to wake up in the middle of the night and see it open. He once had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. To get to the bathroom, you had to go downstairs on the main floor. Well, he got to the top of the stairs and saw this man at the bottom. He was wearing a pinstriped suit, turned around and nodded at him, then put his fedora on and vanished into thin air. Let's just say he didn't have to go to the bathroom after that. Now, to tell you what's been going on recently. When we moved into my childhood home, I saged the house. Everything seemed to be going well. Well, about two months ago, I woke up on a Sunday morning from a dream telling me to sage the house again. Later that morning, Our friend who lives with us tells me he heard several loud banging noises. Side note, he sleeps in the same room I was in, not the one I shared with my sister, but the one after that. He sleeps with a lot of fans on, so knowing the house, I know the door slightly moves with pressure change, even when it's latched. He said he had his backpack up against the door so it wouldn't move. He heard seven knocks. When he opened the door, no one was there. I figured it was my husband playing a joke on him. He went downstairs to see if my husband and I were still up, but we were both in bed with our door locked. Afterwards, he asks me to say to the house yet again. I went into every room and cleansed the house. Fast forward several hours later, our buddy texts us saying his room is really smoky. At this point, my husband and I are smelling smoke and our eyes are getting itchy. So we checked the house, and so far everything looked good. We go to my original childhood room, and it's nothing but white smoke. My husband crawled along the floor to see if there was any fire. There wasn't, but we shut the door, and I called the fire department. I was so scared. Luckily, there was only some minor smoke damage, and the mattress was burned a bit. So what I'm guessing happened was an ember flew off the sage stick and fell on the blanket where it smoldered for a few hours. I'm not sure if the spirit that knocked on our buddy's door could have caused this or if it was just a coincidence. Lately, my husband has been telling me he senses a male spirit in the house. He's woken up twice now, telling me he's getting eerie feelings. I ask him if it's in our bedroom and he says no. It stays outside the room. But if my husband is up after midnight, he feels like someone is watching and following him. I go to bed early, even on the weekends when he stays up this late, but I haven't really noticed the spirit until last week. My husband told our friend he's noticed the spirit in our room, and I've also seen it once or twice. It's scary sometimes, but I remind myself we have three dogs in our room. If something was there, we would know. I wish I knew how to figure out how to help this spirit move on.
2: It's 2008, and I'm in the fourth grade. My parents had been on and off my whole life. They had married and filed for divorce previously, And in another attempt to rebuild their life together, they decided to remarry and move. This put us in a house in a small town near where my father had grown up. The house was marked well below the area's market price, as it had been empty for several years. It wasn't anything fancy. It definitely needed some work, as it was old and in need of repairs and updates, but the place was huge. As a kid, I was in awe seeing it for the first time. I had never imagined having a yard that big to play in or even having my own room. I got to share this experience with my older sister and younger brother. We are all three years apart and have a close relationship. This came in handy when we moved because my parents worked a lot and were hardly ever home. This was our third time switching schools In less than two years, so friends weren't really a thing. As kids, you don't know any better. You tend to experience life in its true raw form without all the mental static clouding your judgment. So for eight-year-old me, everything seemed normal, and life started revolving around that house. I think we all knew the house had its own presence, and we all became quite fixated Even though there wasn't a tight space within that house, every room felt full. There were parts of the house where I felt the need to walk by quickly, so as to not disturb the peace. I kept to myself a lot and typically stayed up in my bedroom. My sister's room was right next door to mine, and it always felt heavy in there. The darkness seeping from within the walls of that house stuck to her like glue. She spoke of a man in the closet, a tall shadow figure that visited her frequently. I would also hear voices coming from her room that can only be described as inhuman. I never dared sleeping with my door open and my lights would stay on throughout the night because I was terrified that whatever sat in the dark would come into my room at night. My parents seemed oblivious, yet I could tell the house was sticking to them too. When you grow up in a household with two dysfunctional parents, and a house full of spirits, it becomes a breeding ground for darkness. The longer we lived there, the heavier the walls felt around me. Even in the daylight, the house looked dark. My father worked night shift at a factory and sometimes I'd still be up in my room, doing homework or reading when he'd come home. He would always be livid to see me still up. It got so bad, whenever I would hear his truck pull up, I'd turn everything off and pretend to be sleeping. I'd hear him shuffle around the house, almost waiting for something to happen. He'd sit at the bottom of the staircase, listening for any signs of movement. I didn't dare. One night, I was so consumed by my schoolwork I didn't hear him come home. The light to the hallway was on, so I could see out of my bedroom and the railing to the staircase. Thump, thump, thump. I looked up and my father was standing midway up the staircase, so his face was the only thing showing through the railings, and he just stared at me with a look of absolute rage for what seemed like hours. He never said anything. I remember trying to speak to him without any luck. I just got up, closed my door, and pretended to go to bed. I couldn't sleep at all that night. Spooky things became normal. Hearing voices, seeing figures, the immense darkness hovering over everything. There was this one occasion where my family and I were getting ready to go out and take professional family pictures. I had my little brother standing in front of the mirror that was hanging on one of the bedroom doors. I was standing behind him doing a final hair check before we departed. We both looked up into that mirror, and terror set onto our faces. I wasn't the only one seeing it. There was an old man, leering right behind us, looking at us menacingly. We both took off down the stairs, crying. My mother told me to stop trying to scare my brother and said I was just making things up. I mean, we both saw it. Why would my brain do something like that? There was one other instance where my sister and I had gotten home from school and my mom and dad were still at work, so we had the house to ourselves for a few hours. After hanging out upstairs for a while we decided to find something to eat. When we got downstairs, we had to walk by the living room to get to the kitchen. We both froze at the exact same time. I glanced towards my sister. She had a look of horror on her face. And the dread set in when we both realized that we were seeing the same thing. I couldn't run. Hell, I couldn't move at all. Or make a sound. I was so scared. Standing there in the living room was this massive creature who stood too tall to fit and had to hunch over. This thing had a human-like torso, legs, and arms, but its face, its head, it reminded me of a wolf, and it had these red eyes that I will never forget. I still can't really explain exactly what we saw that night. It wasn't human, and it definitely wasn't happy. My mom came home shortly after this and had to endure our cries. She eventually called our priest, and he and another woman came to our home. They said prayers and cleansed the home. They even gave us rags with holy oil to place under our beds. After that day, I noticed the sun shined into our home more and the walls seemed to stand up just a little taller. The damage that house caused on our psyche was permanent, though.
0: To start off, I want to talk about my home. We live in a small farming community in the state of Georgia. My husband and I bought an old farmhouse in the neighborhood that I grew up in in the year 2020. My home was built in 1939 and is right around the corner from my mom's house. We bought it because it was close to my family and the minute we walked into that home, we felt like it was meant to be ours. People say that when you know, you know. So we made the big jump of buying and restoring this beautiful little farmhouse. The first few months were smooth sailing. Everyone came to visit and everyone loved our little home that we worked so hard on. The only thing was everyone, my husband and I included, talked about how we never truly felt alone in the house. It wasn't a scary feeling like being watched or anything. It just felt the way it feels when you and a family member are home at the same time, but not in the same room. Never once did we feel scared, nor did someone talk about feeling scared in the house. To jump to the first story, we lived in our house for almost a year when my husband and I caught COVID. I know that nowadays that isn't the scariest thing, but when we caught it, it was a very serious strain. We both are healthcare workers and were exposed to the worst of the worst strains. I luckily was not very sick, but my husband sadly caught a very bad case. He had a cough that was so bad, he would cough until he threw up, and hardly ate because he was so sick. One night he was having to sleep on the couch because he could only breathe when he was sitting up. So, I took an air mattress into our guest bedroom so that I could hear him better in case he needed me. I was asleep on this air mattress with the smaller of our two dogs, Lenny, who weighed around 10 pounds when he started growling at the top corner of the mattress. I thought it was odd, but I decided to try and go back to sleep because he was more than likely just trying to get my bigger dog, Ollie, who weighs about 100 pounds, to play with him. He then was so upset that he jumped up on the top of the mattress and he growled at this dark corner of the room. I opened my eyes to look where he was growling, but suddenly I felt this heavy weight on the mattress next to me, like someone had sat on the mattress. My blood ran cold. I rolled over to face the direction of the person sitting on the mattress next to me and to my shock, no one was there. And there was no impression like somebody was sitting there. I jumped up and I left the room because I was so scared and decided to go wake my husband up. He wasn't on the couch where I left him, sleeping. He had moved to our bedroom, and I hadn't even heard him get up. I decided that Louie had probably barked at him and the mattress moving was just me imagining things in my sleep because I do have a history of sleepwalking and sleep paralysis. Now, I haven't had sleep paralysis since I was a kid, but... I was always told it could resurface in times of high stress and anxiety. That was the first event that I can remember in our house. The next happened a couple of months later when we decided to go to town for dinner one night. We decided to take my mom to dinner. My husband and I drove separately, me picking my mom up and him meeting us there because we had separate errands to run. We had dinner, then ran our errands, And after I dropped my mom off at her house, I headed home. When I got home, my husband had beat me there. So I pulled into the driveway and I watched as the lights started turning off in the house, starting in the front and working their way to the back. This is my husband's normal walking pattern, so I just assumed that he was going straight to bed. I went in the house, went to the bathroom, and then went into our bedroom and made some snide comment along the lines of, Thanks for turning the lights off on me, asshole. My husband looked at me, very confused. He asked what I was talking about. I told him how I watched the lights turn off, starting in the front, then to the back of the house. He told me that he did not turn the lights out on me because of the fact that, when he got home, we had forgotten to leave any lights on since we left in the daylight. I told him that was so funny and that he could quit messing with me but he told me that he was not and that I needed to quit talking about it. That may sound harsh but at the time we had a policy in place of not speaking about any of our experiences on the property because one of my friends who had lived in a very active house told me that the more you talked about it the more power you gave it. So I got a little nervous and I stopped talking. The next day we had to make a quick trip to the hardware store to get some supplies for a project that we were working on in the house when my husband asked me to tell him, start to finish, what I had seen the night before. I explained getting out of the car, watching the lights go off one by one in a slow pattern that matched his speed and usual routine when we went to bed. He began to look nervous and told me that he had in fact beat me home, but he had been there a solid 20 minutes before I even pulled into the driveway. He said that he came home and there were no lights on in the house because we had left in the daylight and we forgot to leave any on. So he came in and he turned on the kitchen light for me, but that was it. He also said that right before I came home, he thought he had heard me walking through the house as I had just gotten home. I told him, that I was starting to get nervous about some of the activity in the house, but as long as nothing crazy happened, we could just ignore it and hopefully move on. It was a while before anything happened. We stopped talking about it all together and thought that maybe that was the solution. Let's act like it never happened. Maybe it'll go away. A few months after the light situation, I went to church with my grandma. It was on a Sunday. The church is actually right next door to my house. It's separated by just a field and a thin tree line. This is one of those tiny little southern churches that you see on TV that only a handful of people go to. Think Dolly Parton's church in coat of many colors. After the service wrapped up, an old man approached me and asked if I was the one who had bought that house. They asked if I was renovating I told him that it was in fact me. He told me that his aunt and uncle were the ones that built the house. That it was a great little house and probably filled with nothing but love and good energy. I told him that I would love to know more about his aunt and uncle. And he told me that they were older when they built the house, maybe late 50s, early 60s. And that they were the best people he ever knew. If there was ever a child in the community that needed anything they all knew that his aunt and uncle would take them in and that his aunt was, in fact, very good at helping birth babies. He said that our house was a hot spot for women to come to and have their babies because when it was built, it was easiest to keep warm. I excitedly came home and told my husband all about what I had found out that day and he also agreed that it made him feel good living in the house with that kind of history. Time went by and nothing special happened until one night in January of this year when the wildest thing I could imagine happened. My husband left for work at around 8 p.m. He works the night shift and I just had this feeling that something was off. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I was just a little on edge, which was rare for me because I've stayed in the home at night for almost four years by myself and I was never scared. I went to bed pretty early because I had to be at work at 6 in the morning the next day. I woke up around 2.45 and I felt super anxious. I thought I had heard something outside my window, but I told myself that it was more than likely just a dream. I rolled over and tried to go back to sleep when all of a sudden I could feel my heart rate increasing and felt adrenaline pumping through my veins. And then I heard it the sound of shoes going through my house for the briefest moment. And then I heard a tapping noise. My smallest dog started barking and before I knew it, I was on my feet grabbing my husband's pistol out of his nightstand and going into our dining room. I looked up and I saw a man looking through the front door, pushing on the glass. We made eye contact and I raised my gun. He bolted but not before Opie, my large dog, managed to get out of the back hall that he sleeps in and bound to the front door. I ran back into our room to get my phone. I called my husband and the police. We filed a report, but there wasn't much to be done. They found the man's tracks in the frost, but they lost them in the church parking lot. I told my husband and the police what I heard. The police said that The would-be intruder didn't make it into the house, so I probably heard him on the porch. My husband and I knew better. We knew that someone had woken me up and got me stirred up enough to be brave. At the time of the incident, with the break-in, I was working in an emergency department. I had a patient a couple of weeks after the incident that was in her room when her mom came in. I felt like she was staring at me, the whole time which was not unusual but then i noticed she wasn't staring at me she was staring past me she ended up telling me that she was a registered medium and that someone had a message for me she said and i quote i believe there is a man somehow connected to your house possibly that wants you to know that he's watching out for you and not to be afraid i felt the air get sucked out of the room because the only thing i had ever said to her was my name I went home and thought about it for days. That was the last major event in the house. I'm sorry if this was long-winded. I felt that the story was much better with all of the details because is not the devil in the details? We've had a few other small happenings since then, from smelling perfume to hearing whispers and the most dramatic feeling like my hair was brushed behind my ear one night when I was sick. It's always interesting to tell people that I live in an active house. We don't prefer the term haunted because that feels malevolent in some way. We don't feel scared or that we're in danger. We enjoy the thought of having a watcher, someone who keeps an eye on us. If you have any questions or need anything clarified, please feel free to reach out or just ask. I'm always happy to talk. We no longer believe in the no speaking rule. We speak of it just not in a bad light. We respect and don't challenge it.
2: This set of events happened about 8 years ago, when I was still living at home. My brother had a few friends that would always come over to hang out, but this one friend in particular started coming over more often, to the point where he literally just moved in. At first, he seemed normal enough, until I started noticing odd things about him. He would always be in the background, just staring Like he wasn't all the way there. He would walk past me and I swear it felt like he was looking straight into my soul. Not moving his eyes from me once while passing. His eyes would look empty but when he would look at you, you could feel all the hairs on your body stand up and your heart stop. I knew something was wrong. At the time I couldn't explain what was happening or what was wrong with this guy but... Later, I would get my answer. His name was Kyle. It was when Kyle had been at our house for a couple of weeks now that things started to get weird in our home. Very weird. The first instance was when my parents, boyfriend, and I had all been watching a movie in our living room. We were all cozied up when, all of a sudden, I started feeling burning on the back of my neck. I placed my hand on my neck and started rubbing it, wondering why it was burning. My boyfriend tells me to turn so he can take a look at it, and once he does, he gets this strange expression on his face. I ask him what's wrong, and he says, You have three scratch marks on the back of your neck. Confused, I go to the bathroom to take a look, and sure enough, there are three long scratch marks on the back of my neck. After that first instance, I always felt like something was off while being at home. It felt like you weren't alone. The next occurrence was one night at around two in the morning. I had gone to the kitchen to grab a drink. I was the only one still awake at that time, so it was eerily dark and quiet as I made my way to the kitchen. As I'm turning the corner to flick on the lights, I felt the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. And all of a sudden, I felt this huge pressure on my back, like someone or something had climbed onto me. My heart stopped in that moment as I felt an immediate presence with me. I turned around so fast and booked it back to my room that I completely forgot about the drink. As I sat on my bed, trying to process what had just happened, I started feeling that same burning sensation but on my arm this time. I look down and sure enough, there are three long scratch marks going down my arm. I take a picture of it so I can show my parents the next day and prove that something weird is going on in this house. I felt like I was getting targeted by something I could not see. Turns out I wasn't the only one. My dad was sitting in the living room one night watching TV alone, when all of a sudden, his phone went flying from the side table across the room. About 15 minutes later, he hears this loud snap, and something flies past his head. He looks down to find one of the ceiling fan blades laying at his feet. He looked up to see how this could have possibly just happened, and that's when he realized the blade had literally been snapped off from the ceiling fan and nearly missed his head as it came flying down. Our family dog would always go crazy at night at the end of the hallway where my brother's room was. He would stare up at the ceiling right above my brother's closed door, growling and barking his head off like he was seeing something. I would be sleeping at night and would wake up to somebody whispering, Dana, in a deep male's voice right beside my ear. I got scratched a few other times and it was always three long scratches on different parts of my body. I never felt alone at that point. One day out of the blue my brother said his friend was moving out. Yes, he was still living here this entire time even though nobody ever invited him to stay. He just showed up one day with a few trash bags full of his belongings and never left. My family is the type that accepts everyone and if someone is in need of a place to stay, we welcome them in without a second thought. I wish we would have thought a little more this time. Anyways, his friend Kyle decides he's ready to go back home. As he is leaving, I again feel his eyes on me the entire time he's leaving, like I'm the only one in the room and he's looking straight into my soul. I get shivers still thinking about the way he would look at me. It was as if he didn't have a soul himself. He was just empty inside. It turns out there was a reason all of the previous occurrences were happening. My brother came clean about his friend. He admitted that there was something very, very wrong with him. And it was actually my brother who had finally asked him to leave. It turns out the very first day Kyle arrived at our house to move in, something happened almost immediately when he got to my brother's room and shut the door behind him. He sat down, closed his eyes, and started chanting very loudly. My brother looks at him, confused, and asks, What the hell are you doing, dude? Kyle completely ignores him and keeps chanting, even louder now, with his eyes still closed. My brother tells him to stop and that he's going to wake up my parents. Kyle finally stops and just looks at him. My brother asks what the hell all of that was about and Kyle proceeds to tell him that he was just inviting the light into your home and that he thought our family needed the light. My brother had no idea what he meant by this and just changed the subject. Well, it turns out what Kyle was really doing was inviting something else into our home. There was nothing good or light about it. He didn't just randomly show up one day and decide to move in. This was his intention all along. He knew we were a faithful family, and he was into some dark shit that we had no idea about. He purposely chose our home to invite his demons into. That was why he just showed up one day with all of his things and decided to move in without even asking. To Kyle, my brother's friend, who I think was not Kyle at all, but something much, much darker, let's not ever meet again.
0: For Thanksgiving, my family and I went to visit my grandmother of 92 on our farm. I've always gone to the farm, since I was a baby, multiple times a year for weeks at a time. I enjoyed exploring the land and creek, running off the hunters, swimming at the beaver dam, picking blueberries, and feeding the horses. I was looking forward to sharing some experiences with my daughter and husband. It was a beautiful two-story farmhouse. On a hundred and twenty six acres of farm and woodland. My family has a lot of history in this place. Some lived and passed away there, as recently as my great grandfather in two thousand six. Nothing has ever been changed internally, but all those years, I never actually slept in the house. See I always had an eerie feeling when it would get dark. Anyways, We enjoyed a fun day with the traditional Thanksgiving meal and then caught up with my great-grandmother and my grandparents. My husband, daughter, and I went exploring in the woods and tossed rocks into the creek. When we got back, my grandfather escorted us to a room that ended up being my great-grandfather's bedroom. Later, as we had dessert in the camper, I told my granny that I was nervous about sleeping in it because I always hear and see weird stuff. She told me that it was okay and she would watch over me. My husband and I got to bed at around 11. We stayed in my great-grandfather's old bedroom. I was restless. I had trouble staying asleep. At 2.40 on the dot, I woke up because I felt like I was being watched. I was cold. I slowly opened my eyes and I could see a gray figure in the faint light from our vape charger on the other side of the room. It slowly walked across the room, but the floorboards did not creak as they normally would. This thing then pulled the blanket up to my shoulders. It rested its hand between my shoulder blades. Then it spoke in a way as if it were mocking my granny in this deep, creepy and slow voice. I told you I'm always with you. Then it went to the chair that was in front of the bed and sat there, watching me. I closed my eyes and didn't move. I didn't speak. I just pretended to be asleep until I actually fell asleep. I swear it was like something out of a horror movie. The next morning when we were eating breakfast, Granny brought up having issues sleeping, and I asked if she came into the house and into our room. She said no. She was sleeping in the camper all night, which is in a field about a 100 yards from the house. I believe that she never left that camper. I know that she couldn't have gotten into the room because there are deadlocks and chains on all of the doors, including the bedrooms. Also, the floors have never been redone, so they creak very loudly. I don't know what woke me up, or if it really was a dream that felt super real, but it still makes my hair stand up, and I can't get it out of my head. My husband keeps saying that it was just a weird dream, but it continues to haunt me. So to the grey shadow at my family farmhouse, let's not meet again.
2: My husband and I live in is fairly old. It was built in the 30s. It's smaller, but the perfect size for our family, which is made up of myself, my husband, our two girls, and our dog. We bought and moved into the house pre kids about six and a half years ago. The market around where we needed to move to wasn't great at the time. That added to the time crunch of needing to move within the city limits made for a hastier-than-I-would-have-preferred situation. My husband is a police officer and had moved districts to be in town where we grew up, which was just a few towns from where we had previously lived. He had a limited time to do this, hence the time crunch. We had looked at a handful of houses before selling this one, the one we're in now and the one in which the story I'm about to tell took place. The move was as uneventful as a move could be. We transitioned really well from where we lived before. Looking back as I'm writing this, I did remember thinking that the house felt... off. But I thought the feeling was purely situational. It's a new house, a new town, and a pretty decent-sized adjustment to the atmosphere. To add to that, my husband also worked nights at the time, so I was alone in the house by myself until he got home at around 2 or 3 in the morning. All of that mixed with the creaks and squeaks that come with a house settling made for a few uneasy feelings and experiences. Those experiences being things like walking by the open door of our bedroom and not wanting to look in for fear of seeing something I didn't want to see or refusing to go down to the basement at night. Actually, refusing to go down into the basement day or night unless I absolutely had to, and when I did, quickly walking up the steps, and then closing and locking the door behind me. It always felt like I couldn't get up fast enough, because it felt like someone, or something, was about to grab my leg and pull me down or the times where I felt like I wasn't alone, like something was watching me. These feelings and experiences passed once my husband got home, as I never experienced anything while he was there. Because of that, I just kind of brushed it off as my mind playing tricks on me and listening to too many episodes of Let's Not Meet. A few years went by, and we eventually welcomed daughter number one into the world. My husband was still working nights, so it was just her and I, which made me feel a little better and less alone. Why did I think that an infant would protect me from anything bad happening? I couldn't tell you. But I enjoyed my sweet, snuggly sidekick, and it did make me feel better. We fell into a nice little routine during that time, too. My husband would sleep during the day for about four hours wake up to hang out with us for a few hours, then lay back down to sleep until he had to sign on for his shift. After he left for work, I'd give the baby a bath, feed her, lay her down for bed, and then spend the rest of the evening catching up on a show or scrolling through my phone. Eventually, I went back to work. I was a night shift ER nurse at the time and would work when my husband was off. I had the same routine of sleeping a while, getting up to see my daughter and husband for a bit, then laying back down before I had to get ready for work just like my husband did. Life moved on. The off feelings slipped into the dark, dusty corners of my mind and were forgotten about. We even welcomed baby girl number two about five months ago, which was a shock, but that's a story for another time. Regardless, what I'm trying to say here is that I just... forgot. I forgot I felt those things. Until recently. Three weeks ago, my husband and I were home with the girls. It was a Sunday. The reason I remember it was a Sunday is because that's when my husband and I are off of work. I was catching up on things around the house. Our laundry room is in our basement. Our basement is also half a garage, so it's pretty big. I was heading downstairs to move the laundry over and put a new load in. My oldest daughter wanted to come with me, which isn't unusual. She comes down and rides her tricycle, or just stands there and talks my ear off. She's three, that's her thing. As I'm moving the laundry to the dryer, she tells me she's going back upstairs with her dad. I said okay, and heard her walk to the stairs and then walk up them. As I'm getting the washer loaded up, I then hear her come back down the stairs. Again, not unusual. She gets bored easily and has the energy to walk up and down the stairs several times before wearing out. As I'm putting the softener back onto the shelf, I see her walk past me out of my peripheral vision, just bobbing along in her pink shirt and ponytail like it was nothing. I didn't give this a second thought because why would I? As I'm closing the lid to the washer, I say, All right, kiddo, let's head back upstairs. Nothing. I turn around to say it again, and she's not there. Now, I'm confused as shit because I know I saw her walk past me a few seconds ago. I step to look behind the chimney. Nothing. That's when I hear her running upstairs in what sounds like the living room area, which is above and to the left of the basement. There is absolutely no way she could have made it from where the laundry is in the basement to the complete other side in the time it took me to put the softener on the shelf and close the lid. Also, I would have heard her do so. I stood there, confused, and then realized something that chilled me to my core. She isn't wearing pink. What's more, she didn't have her hair up. That wasn't my daughter. I book it to the stairs and run up them. I get to the playroom and sure enough, there's my daughter playing with her Barbies on the floor with my husband and wearing a blue shirt with her hair down and messy. I stood there, staring at them, and shaking with fear and shock. I must have looked like I saw a ghost, because, well, I probably did. Babe, are you okay? You look like you're going to pass out, my husband said. Which does track, because I'm very anemic and have passed out in front of him more times than I care to talk about. No, no, I'm not. I think I saw a fucking ghost, I told him. I then divulged my story, and he was just as creeped out as I was, though less shaky, pale, and out of breath. Hours and even days after that, I was trying to debunk what I saw by trying to logically rationalize the situation. I even went back down to the basement with my husband and retraced what I did with him there. And I was right. There's no way someone could have made it from point A to point B in that amount of time, or without being heard, even with the washer and dryer running. Trust me, we tried. Several times. It just wasn't possible. About a week has passed and I'm still in shock that I saw a ghost. The house still felt off and more things were happening. Shuffling noises in the kitchen, Nick's Odd bumps coming from the attic. Although it felt off, I never felt threatened. I never felt like whatever was in the house with us was negative or out to hurt us. I wasn't really even scared of it. Caught off guard and shocked to shit? Sure. But scared? No. I genuinely felt and still feel that whatever it was, just wanted someone to notice it. An example of that being one night, sometime after the basement incident, my husband was sitting on the couch watching TV while myself and the girls were asleep when a pack of diapers flew off the kitchen counter and onto the floor. My husband said it was like someone smacked them off the counter. But as the days went on, it seemed to get agitated and started showing itself more. One day after work... I got home with the girls when my mother-in-law said she was on her way back to come get them for a few hours. I forgot about this plan and was rushing to get the girls back out the door. She came by, got them, and I went back inside to relax. I was going to take my scrubs off, but I was in a hurry. So I walked into the dining room, grabbed my phone, walked into the kitchen, and remembered I needed to ask my husband what time he was getting up, so I knew what time I needed to go get the girls. I walked to the bedroom and saw he wasn't in bed, and the bathroom door was shut. I turned around and walked back down the hallway and back into the kitchen. What I saw when I rounded the corner to the kitchen about made me shit my pants. All the cabinet doors were open. All of them. I certainly didn't open them all. In fact, the cabinet doors at the top were open. I can't even reach those unless I have a stool. It couldn't have been my husband because I would have seen him. I just stood there, shocked. Honey, I managed to squeak out. What, my husband said through the closed door. You're going to want to see this, I said. See what, he asked. Just come out here and look. I hear him sigh, flush the toilet, and come out of the bathroom. He looks at me, and then looks in the direction where I'm looking, and his eyes get as big as saucers. I told him what I did, step by step. How I went into the kitchen, needed to ask him something, saw he was in the bathroom, turned around, walked back down the hall and into the kitchen and saw that he walked into the kitchen still speechless from shock and disbelief and slowly starts closing the cabinet doors i sat down at the table also in shock and disbelief what in the fuck is going on in our house and why is it just now starting to happen he shook his head and sat down across from me We talked for about an hour about the unsettling things that had happened within the span of a few weeks. We decided we needed to spiritually cleanse the house, and by we, I mean me, and I needed to do it sooner rather than later. We didn't want the girls to get scared or hurt because of this. After our discussion, we decided to leave and get the girls from my mother-in-law's house since it was getting close to bath and bedtime, so we both left and headed that way. Once we got home, we went upstairs to do our nighttime routine when we noticed the closet doors were open, the china cabinet doors were open, the lights were all off, the vacuum had been pushed over, and our poor, sweet basset hound was cuddled in the corner of the couch, terrified. She usually goes nuts when she hears the garage door open and continues until we love on her, but she was scared. Whatever was in the house had done this while we were gone, and it scared her. That was the last straw for my husband. He called a pastor he was friends with and asked him to come bless the house after the girls went down for bed. I begrudgingly agreed to this. I say begrudgingly because in order for this to be done the right way, or at least the way I was taught, the girls weren't supposed to be there. In fact, all the windows and doors in the house needed to be opened so that way whatever spirit was in the house could pass through to wherever it was going. It had to be a whole thing, not just a splash of holy water here and there, a small prayer and boom, done. But my husband was having a spiritual crisis. A man who was once a skeptic had his world and everything he thought he knew about it turned upside down in the matter of hours. So I obliged with the idea to amuse him and decided I was going to do a little cleansing ritual of my own that weekend while the girls and my husband were out of the house. His pastor friend came and prayed with us He didn't cleanse the house at all. In fact, he didn't even pray over the house. He merely prayed over our family for protection, which, whatever. It made my husband feel better. So I guess that was that. The next day, on a Saturday, the girls were at my mom's house and my husband was at work. I thought it was the perfect time to spiritually cleanse the house the right way. After meditating for a while and getting in the right headspace, I got out my sage and rosary, opened all the windows and doors in the house, and did my thing. The energy in the house was extremely heavy as I made my way from room to room. It felt like you could cut it with a knife. It made me feel tired and drained, but I kept going until I ended up in the last room of the house, the living room. It took about 30 minutes, and at that time, I heard knocks and other unexplainable noises in the house. All of a sudden, the hair on the back of my neck stood up as my body was covered head to toe in goosebumps. It felt like I was being surrounded by static, like when you put your hand up to a TV, except it felt like it was engulfing my body and filling the space around me. It felt heavy not negative or dark but sad and lost and it was draining me making me feel tired and listless. I knew that it was the spirit. I can't explain it but I just knew down to my bones that it was. It was like the knocks and noises leading up to that point was making its way through the house and towards me to hear what I had to say. I mustered up what positive energy I had left, and out loud I said, It's okay to go. You have permission to move on. You don't have to go to the other side. But you can't stay here anymore. I have to protect my family. I know you didn't mean any ill intent, but you're scaring my husband, and I don't want my kids to be scared either. So please, go on. I'm sending you out with love and light. I hope you find what you're looking for. A few seconds after saying that, the feeling was gone, and it's like the house took a big, deep breath of fresh air. It was gone. I just knew it. I could feel the energy shift, almost like a weight being lifted, and it might have been the smoke from the sage clearing, but it even seemed like the house looked brighter, more alive and positive, positive filled with love and warmth. I closed the session, closed the doors and windows, and just sat in the living room, taking it all in. It felt better. Today, I'm proud to say we're living in peace now. No more ghost sightings, or cabinets opening, and no more off feelings, even when I'm home alone. Whatever spirit was in our house, making us feel uneasy and scared, I hope you're at peace now, wherever you are.
0: Thanks everyone for listening, and thanks to Bethany Watson for appearing on the podcast. Make sure you check out her podcast, The Check-In. You'll find a link to their show in the show notes, or you can find it on your favorite podcast app. This week you have heard The Literal Last House on the Left by Shelby, Is My Childhood Home Haunted by SunSun13, Demons in My Home by Aubriana, Strange Things That Have Happened in My House by Morgan, The Demon in My House by Dana, Farmhouse Shadow by Cece, and finally, The Lost Spirit in My House by P.G. All of the stories you've heard this week were narrated and produced with the permission of their respective authors. Make sure you send your stories in to stories at oddtrails.com. And if you'd like to get access to ad-free versions of all of our episodes at a higher bitrate for the best listening experience and support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash odd trails to sign up today. Also, don't forget to check out the new episodes of my other podcasts. Let's Not Meet, A True Horror Podcast, Welcome to Paradise, It Sucks, and the Old Time Radio Cast, all at crypticcountypodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you all next week. Stay safe. this